And should we do this? Mm-hmm. And welcome back to another fantastic edition, or what will be another fantastic edition of Live at 6.05. <laughs> and if we just wait a second and give a listen... Uh, we are actually live on location once again. This is the second episode this se- season where we're coming to you live from somewhere cool and fantastic. And I am with the award winner herself, Val Gomez. Hello. And actually, I don't even think I can call you the award winner anymore. Something new and cool has happened to you. But first, before we, maybe we should tell everyone where we are right yeah. now. Do you want to tell everyone where we are? So currently, we're sitting right outside Lincoln Memorial um, at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. What? <laughs> Washington. Yeah. Very exciting. We, um, we decided to go on vacation and bring the podcast along with us. And we were like, no better time or place to start this thing off than in one of the most inspiring spots in D.C. and maybe in all of the U.S. Yeah. of A. Definitely. Um, it's very cool. I've been here a bunch of times, but I've actually never been to Lincoln Memorial in like the handful of times I've been here, so it's nice to actually sit out here. There's like a ton of people walking around, tons of immigrant buses coming through. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, we've been here. It is now Saturday afternoon. We've been here since Thursday morning, mm-hmm. and we've done a whole bunch of things. We'll kind of get into that, but before we do... We should start with the sponsor, but maybe we should start with why I can't call you the award winner anymore. <laughs> As it's very exciting, Val just got a very awesome promotion at work. Yeah! yeah. So what are you now? Creative manager of Blue Ant Media. What, what? And how old are you? 29. And you're already a creative manager? Yeah, it's pretty. I'm 10 steps closer to being Don Draper. There you go. Just hopefully without the uh, booze problem and the chronic smoking. Yeah, and but now I feel better that we can afford this trip. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> exactly. And so each week we have a sponsor, and we've done the one vacation episode when we went to Barbados, and we were sponsored by Boys Town Brew. This week we were very nice. Uh, we had a very nice person sponsor us and send us all the way to Washington. And this week's episode of Live at Six O Five, Washington Edition, is sponsored by the large black woman sitting behind us. Uh, as we watched Wolverine in the movie theater in Washington yesterday. Yeah, we were in Chinatown um, at the Regal Theater, uh, just killing some time, and there was definitely a Little Wayne concert, ten sec or like an hour and a half, about to start right beside us at the Verizon Center. Yeah. And we had some pretty eclectic bunch in the theater, just you know, killing the hour and a half till the concert started. Yeah, it was it was fun. We went to go see the Wolverine, and there was just like a very loud and fun and sassy woman behind us who I won't I don't know I don't want to give any spoilers away even though it's only the Wolverine it's not like we're watching I don't know some like the pianist or something like there's no, or Breaking Bad like I, there's no real spoilers no, no, no. you can definitely give a give a scenario and then give the impression of her because she is hilarious well, there's just like a couple of things like one part when Wolverine has this big fight scene at the end and something bad happens to him and when this thing happened the lady behind us just goes and she's sitting by, by herself there's no one with her she just came to the theater on her own she's just like oh shit and then something else bad would happen to her, and she'd be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> and, like, she'd just make, like, the funniest sounds, or, like, he would go knock someone out, and she'd be like, there you go, there you got him, you got him, Wolverine. You go, Logan. And it was just really funny to see her, like, just react to the movie. I think her commentary is what sold us on the movie, because in real life, the movie was probably, like, a 7 out of 10, maybe a 6 and a half, and this movie, or she actually kicked it up for me, at least 9 now. <laughs> yeah, I might need to look around before I say what I say next, but I think... 
I'm okay. I think one of the goals I want to do is I really want to go to like an all black movie theater one time and go see a movie like a Wolverine movie or like a scary movie and just yeah. see everyone's reaction to it and just see if it'd be like more entertaining just sitting with everyone in the crowd. I love that we're in an area where, you know, progress and like where Abe Lincoln is behind us, but yet John still wants to go to an isolated movie theater. Isolate, but but stay with a bunch of like cool people and just and then you can go get into it, throw popcorn at the theater or something like that. I just think it'd be really fun. Okay. So that's my dream uh, is to do that. And like yeah, like you said, the movie was okay, but the woman behind us just made it like extra good. That is better. I'm trying to think what else she was saying. I don't know. It was just that my favorite ones when someone bad happened to him, she's just like, oh shit. (laughs) So well, as I almost dropped the phone here at the Lincoln Memorial, this is how you can tell. We're slumming it, we usually we're at Club 605 with our nice headphones on, sitting in some nice swivel chairs with our legs up, and now we're sitting on a bench. No, we're not even on a bench. We're on a ledge right outside. Ghetto. No, I don't think it's ghetto. No, I it's think cool. it's, like, really cool. We're a little bit out of the skirts of the staircase up to Lincoln Memorial and outside the National Mall. If you guys have watched Forrest Gump, it's right where, what's her face? Jenny. Jenny uh, runs across the water. We are basically sitting where she ends up. Yeah, basically, and we can see the big Capitol Tower. Is that what it's called? The Wa- Washington Monument. Oops. <laughs> I'm still new to what these, all these towers Capital are. Capitol is behind the Washington Monument. Yeah, and, okay, so let's just end this sponsorship and say thank you to the rather, to the rather large, sassy black woman behind us at Wolverine for sponsoring this and sending us all the way to beautiful Washington, D.C. We very much enjoyed our trip so far, mm-hmm. and you made the Wolverine a much more enjoyable experience, so thank you. Thank you. And now let's talk about kind of uh, it was well. It's just been really busy for us the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Like especially last weekend was nonstop for us. We had parties on the front. I'm going to sound like we're complaining about having friends, but it's like <laughs> we were just busy. People just always wanted to hang out with us last weekend. I felt like we were busy with the parties. We had um, we had to, we did a shoot in the morning, yeah, and then we had a baptism the next day. Yeah. And it was really cool. Though. Two, I had two shoots that weekend. Two shoots. I was doing some editing. And um, it was fun, though. We, we got to hang out with a lot of, like, your high school friends. And yeah. it was cool. A lot of them were coming up saying how much they enjoyed the podcast, which oh. was cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, my friend Lil just came down. It was actually her birthday weekend. Um, she just came down uh, back from Vancouver because our other friend, Jen, or her sister, Jenny, um, and husband, Tony, just had a baby Nathan. Yeah. So let's give a shout out to Jenny and, and baby Nathan because she told me while she was holding them at the baptism <laughs> that they she listens to the podcast with them and I don't know if it helps them, puts them to sleep or something. That'd be amazing. But shout out to them and everyone else in Ottawa who mm-hmm. listens to the podcast. So it was a nice full weekend. It was just, it was very busy. Very busy, yeah, and we've kind of just, it's just been like a, a really busy summer, so we wanted to go away mm-hmm. for a long weekend, like yeah. this is tacked on to a long weekend, and at first we were thinking like, should we go to Montreal, should we go to Halifax, should yeah. we go wherever, and then you were just like, let's go to Washington, because I've never been, you've been a bunch of times. I've been a bunch of times, but it was definitely like, to a certain degree, I feel like Porter sometimes dictates where we can go, and yeah. while Montreal and Chicago would have been nice, they were definitely not on sale. No. So Washington, because you had never been, was like a great change of pace to go here, and like the weather is always gorgeous in the summer in Washington. It's like beyond sizzling, so... Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, yeah, you've been a bunch of times. Can you tell us, you went, you did one really, like, cool, fun, crazy trip to Washington, <laughs> and that was when you went down during uh, Barack Obama's first inauguration. Yeah. Can you talk about, first of all, getting here on the plane, because didn't you have to go through, like, extra uh, security? Do you want to tell yeah. that story? I think the backstory um, about going to the inauguration was, I only decided to go, like, three days prior to the event, and my friend Toya was coming down with her mom and a bunch of her cousins, but um, prior to that, in the summer um, of 2008, I was dating um, this guy who I used to work with, but he moved to Washington to go to law school here, and I had been uh, at least like seven to eight times <laughs> in the span of two months uh, to Washington, D.C., and I guess when I was coming up for the inauguration, they were automatically, they kicked up all of the security at Pearson and any airport flying into D.C., it was already like you were going to get pulled over. But I'm in Pearson and I'm dressed fairly well, but they kind of have all raiders up. So I go through <laughs> security and they're like, excuse me, miss, you, you, uh, we're going to have to ask you to go to this private room through this back curtain. Um, it's just random pulling people. Racist. Okay, so I'm like, this is clearly a racial problem profiling yeah. but either way um it was definitely go through this wall uh this like yellow um almost like golden or follow the yellow brick road yeah. kind of style go through there and it's me this filipino guy two black people where's whitey at not there no honkies no honkies they're just doing the strip searches and the uh, anal <laughs> cavity searches apparently so i go through there and um, the security guard, I still remember his name, Martinez, he was just like, okay, he's like, so, you know, you've been to Washington a bunch of times, you know, what's what's the deal? And I was like, hey, dude, I don't have a bomb on me, relax. And then... Can I say um, one thing? Yeah. Anytime we're, we're here in Washington, I get I nervous. Know. Even if I say bomb or anything, I'm like, I hope no Secret Service people jump out as we're just talking about podcasting and not, what any terrorist plans. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. As a cliff note to that, we were definitely beside the White House, and I was like, hey, John, look at that sign. It says, live the bomb. No. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I'm in there, and the guy's like, okay, you know, we just we randomly pulled you guys. I'm like, of course you did, right? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, do you want to write an essay? Or just like, not even an essay. He's like, do you want to write an explanation as to why you want to go see the inauguration? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And knowing me and you guys now know my personality pretty thoroughly, um, it is definitely like, I am making this a full blown essay with like footnotes thoughts yeah. commentary i probably would have a bibliography if i had my iphone at the time um so i wrote a really profound thoughtful essay as to why young people wanted to go yeah. be part of somebody like barack obama um his first steps into um presidency and the guy martinez was very very like taken aback i guess by my my essay, yeah. right? Um, and I thought it was great. I kind of wanted to hold on Did to it. Did you even get to keep it? No. Ah, uh, right? Probably used against me in court. And so, um, but it was really nice. So, while well, I got to go through, the rest of those folks definitely had to stand back. Did they author write essays or, or Everybody anything? did. Um, but it was just hilarious, because I'm like, don't tell me it's, like, randomly pulled, and then there's not one Caucasian individual in here <laughs> to exactly. sway the vote. Those goddamn honkies. <laughs> Okay, so you finally make it through the airport, you get to Washington, mm -hmm. and this is, the inauguration is in like November, or, or no, January or something, yeah. so it was really cold, and you actually showed me 
Capitol where the inauguration took place. Yeah. And then you also showed me where you stood for it. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell me like how crowded it was and what that experience yeah. of actually being to the first black yeah. president's inauguration? We um so we were staying out. Uh, at this time, we weren't even staying in D.C. We were staying closer to like the Maryland side and with Toya's family, and at like 3 in the morning, I think we started packing up to go <laughs> and wait on the mall to get a space out there, because there were people, like, I remember seeing people flying in from Kenya, people wow. flying in from, like, East Asia, just to be part of this experience, and so we were waiting in the subway station, where everything was free to travel around D.C., um, to go get a spot on the mall, and so I was outside, it was freezing and knowing me I'm also inappropriately dressed to some degree yeah um but yeah we ended up waiting from 3 a.m till about 2 I think it was at um out on the mall we were definitely nowhere close to Capitol, but it was just great enough to even just see the thing. There was lots of TVs and speakers up? Lots of TVs, lots of speakers, but there was a, a delay in the audio. So the most hilarious part was when um, Obama said anything or anybody said his name. It was exactly like a concert where everyone just starts cheering. Yeah. But then when George W. Bush would start talking, Boo. it was like a sea of booing. But because of the audio delay, it would just keep going in waves wow. all the way back, which was crazy. Um, but it was just the greatest feeling in the city, and I love it here. Like, I was saying to John, I would definitely move here in a second. But it was just a really great, um, just, like, coming together of people, young, old, black, white, gay, doesn't matter. Yeah. It just felt really powerful here. And, like, we always joke, not joke about this, but we're like, oh, if there was ever an opportunity for something bad to happen, you would think it would happen on a day like that, where there were so many public figureheads and, like, a lot of people. Yeah. But it was just, like, nobody thought about that. I think, yeah. look, they obviously did think about it, but, but it felt, was just, like, felt safe, it felt like safe, and, like, it just felt like it's one of those things where I'll definitely be able to tell, like, like, Benjamin when he's yeah. older. So I'm like, we don't have kids, but it, I'll no. tell somebody else's kids about it. Exactly. Now, I don't know if anyone can, that's really cool, by the way. Um, I don't know if anyone could hear what just went over ahead of us, but there's a big airplane, which takes me back to Thursday morning before we came and flew to Washington. I'm going to tell the story about what happened above our apartment. Yeah. And let me see. I'll ask you your opinion. Then maybe you guys can write in. Let me know what you think. But something very unusual to me. And it didn't help that I was watching Joe Rogan's new show, uh, Joe Rogan Questions Everything. I was already in conspiracy theory mode. Yeah. But we're getting ready. We're finishing up our packing to come to Washington. And I hear a helicopter over, like, not directly over our apartment, but, like, close enough, close enough that it's just, like, you can hear it pretty loudly. It's like, that's fine. There's always helicopters flying over us. But there, it's like that one. There's, oh my God, as I talk about helicopters, there's a helicopter flying over us right now. I have not seen a single helicopter this whole trip to Washington. <laughs> yeah. I, think they're, I, think the Wash, or I think the government's bugging our podcast. Or maybe they're just really big fans. And anyways, this helicopter didn't fly over us. It just hovered above the building right next to us for a good, I want to say almost a half an hour. Totally. And I actually went out to the balcony and was just watching it. It wasn't moving. It was just hovering. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what's this helicopter hovering for? You don't usually see helicopters hover. Like, that helicopter just flew by us. I mean, it's not like we're over the Grand Canyon and you're stopping to enjoy the scenery. It's just it's just downtown Toronto with, like, a bunch of hobos on the streets and, like, uh, clouds in the sky. So I try to get. I even got my binoculars to try and like see if I could see any markings on the helicopter. But it was more like a, almost like a Blackhawk helicopter. There was no markings or anything. And then I went from like 
spying on the helicopter, just looking across the street to see if I could see anybody in like their apartment buildings and just spying on them with, heli- with my binoculars. Creepy. But I just thought it was weird, and then the, the helicopter eventually went away, but it was there for a very long time, and I was just like, what are you doing? Are you dropping chemicals into the skies? Are you spying on people? Are you tapping phones? Are you just hanging out? Are you joining the Mile High Club? Too much newsroom. Uh, maybe I am watching too much newsroom. So I just thought that was strange. And yeah. and uh, maybe I'll get off my conspiracies uh, theories for the moment and get back to our Washington trip. Yeah, but even, like, you made a tweet, right? About oh, yeah, well, I that's tweeted. That's what kicked it off. Well, that's what I was nervous about. It was the day before I tweeted uh, something like, uh, taking the Live at 605 podcast to Washington, uh, hoping to get Barack Obama as a guest. Uh, I will supply nibs and your choice of soft drinks. So I don't know if they took that as a threat or what. It's more of a friendly gesture just to talk about how he's doing and if you want to talk sports or pop culture or politics or whatever. But then even when we land, or when we got here and we went down to the Washington Monument, there was another helicopter above us, and you're like, oh, my God. They're after us. Yeah. Start wearing tinfoil hats or something like this. <laughs> but luckily I haven't been put away in cuffs or anything, so we'll see if I get taken away in security at the airport tomorrow or not but it's been it's been a really good trip so far like i was really excited because I, i've never been here before you've been a bunch of times i was basically like just show me your washington i want to see yeah. i want to see like all the big landmarks like i want to see the white house i want to see lincoln memorial and then i was just like show me whatever else there is mm-hmm. and you were saying like oh uh you're excited to show me the white house because you want to see what my reaction would be to it yeah and my initial reaction when we walked up to the white house was a lot smaller than it looks on TV. Is that that how you felt? Well, yeah, I think everybody always thinks, like, the White House is this huge, grandeur building, and then, like, you see it in movies, like, Independence Day and whatever, and you're always like, oh my god, it's ginormous, and in real life, you get up to it, it's a little underwhelming, like, it's still really beautiful, and, like, when you see it at night, it's really nice, but then I found it more, like, awe-inspiring when you walk up to Capitol and see that building, because it's so ginormous, and, like... Um, just, it just looks a lot more pristine, I think, and what you'd think it would look like. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, it was cool. I, I really liked Lincoln Memorial. It was cool to walk up to, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's a lot of people, or some people did some graffiti on mm-hmm. all the, the, the statues, which I think is pretty disrespectful. And as I'm looking, there's a guy walking by with the Toronto Blue Jays hat. Nice. Go Jays, go, even though they stink. Uh, yeah, I liked that. I liked, um, I just liked that it's a walking city. Like, I wish we, we could count how many steps we've taken in the last three days, because our legs are killing us. Yeah, I mean, like, I think for me, it was, like, I was always wanted to show you, like, the Washington, like, I knew, and, like, walking and, like, hanging out in Georgetown area, but then I, I did say to you, I was, like, it's a very athletic city, yeah. which is great, so it's, like, you will do, like, naturally, you and I do a lot of walking, but I was, like, oh, let's rent bikes, let's go biking, and we ended up biking to Virginia to go to the Arlington Cemetery. Now, I haven't been, I don't know how long it's been since you've been on a bike, do you know? Oh my god, forever. It's been probably a good solid 10 years. Not since I've lived with my parents have I gone biking. Mm-hmm. And, like, I refuse to go biking in Toronto because Toronto is just full of asshole drivers and asshole bikers. Yeah. Only the walkers are good, which is what I am. <laughs> Sorry if you ride bikes and you listen to the podcast, you're okay in my books because you listen to this. But I just think people are... Toronto's not a biking city. It's trying to be a biking city, but it's not. There's no. far too many people, and it's way more car and, like, one-way oriented than, like, D.C. is. Yeah, but it was fun. We got on the bikes. They were like the equivalent to the Bixie bikes in Toronto, and 
probably equivalent to the, uh, I don't know if you're listening to us in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, what bikes are you riding down there? Let me know. Yeah. But maybe they're the equivalent to that. We just yeah. pick them up. You can ride wherever. But we, it was nice. We rode like right on the water. And yeah, we were down on Rock Ferry Creek. Um, and then we took it all the way down from, like, Georgetown Park all the way back down to, like, Chinatown, essentially. Yeah, it was cool. And then we went to the, uh, the Arlington Cemetery, which you've never been to, which Mm -hmm. is over in Virginia. So we rode our bikes over some bridge, over a bridge. The Arlington Bridge. And then we went to the cemetery, rode our bikes around there, and then did something happen to you while we were riding our bikes to the Arlington Cemetery? Do you want to save that one for... We'll save that for a segment we have coming up, but (laughs) let me just tell you that... For the last two summers in a row, one of us has always gotten injured, <laughs> and so you got injured two years ago during the summer. I got injured last year, breaking my thumb, as you guys all know, and then something may or may not have happened to you again this year. Let's just say I'm not the most graceful of people. So. No, but it was good, so we kept biking, and then your purse had everything in it with like water and this and that, so we got heavy, so I took your purse on, and I just rode around Washington wearing your purse for a bit. You look like a little gay page boy. A little gay page boy, which was fun. <laughs> And then we got into, like, really busy, like, downtown Washington on our bikes, and we're trying to, like, cycle around people, and then mm-hmm. there's, like, this one little girl who, like, wiped out hardcore on the yeah, ground. Yeah, I felt bad. We tried to, like, help her up, and then her family came, mm-hmm. and, yeah, so, no, that, that was a lot of fun. You took me to Georgetown, which is, like, your hood, mm-hmm. which reminds me of, like, San Francisco, as there's the biggest hills ever there. Yeah. It's really nice, though. Like, I think what I like about um, being in D.C., for me, anyway, it's the best dual like downtown city lifestyle but then it has like that suburban small town feel which i love because it's like i love the fact that there's like huge brawling parks and stuff and like the waterfront area like maybe there is this in toronto it's just you have to go a little bit further out or you have to drive around i feel like it's really easy to navigate around here and it doesn't feel too big and overwhelming yeah but it's just it's perfect for me it's the best of both worlds definitely no i i agree 100 percent. and i was gonna ask you what uh, what do you think about the people who live here? And like, do you think it's like a friendly area? Do you? Uh, what are your thoughts of like? I find like people in Toronto are pretty nice, but you know, it's. I feel like a lot of people just walk their head down, bump into you, and no one apologizes. This or that. Here or there. In Toronto, yeah. like I always felt when we went to Chicago, it was like a nicer Toronto where everyone was super polite and yeah. just this and that. What do you think about the crowd of people here? Um, well, seeing as we're at Lincoln Memorial and it's predominantly tourists, I think it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I think in my time here, I always found that, like, everyone's really friendly. Everyone's really nice. I also think that you and I are very friendly, so it allows... I could be... You're nodding your head, but I don't know if you're going to have a sarcastic answer after that, that I missed something. Uh, no, it... I was just setting myself up for a couple jokes and maybe uh-huh, a story. Okay. I was going to say, the best part I like about Washington, as far as people goes, mm-hmm. uh, definitely the cab drivers. Okay. i say we've taken about, what, seven... Let's just say we've taken seven cab rides. Mm-hmm. Six out of those seven cab rides, the cab driver said absolutely nothing, which okay. is always my... <laughs> The way I like it, because I just got to sit there in silence where you and I got to talk. <laughs> yeah. Or if we're driving in a cab, I don't want you to, like, miss a turn because you're telling me you're uh, school, giving me a religious tip or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Although the guy we had who just drove us here was very nice, except he was supposed to take us to a golf course, and he took us to Lincoln to Memorial. Memorial. <laughs> and John gave him a $7 tip for taking us to the wrong location. Well, he's telling us this whole, like, story about he's been married for, like, 35 years or something. I'm just like... <laughs> That's the other reason why I like not talking to my cab drivers, because when he tells us his story, I feel like i got to tip him more. Oh, is that what it is? A little bit. Oh, I just feel like I, have, I feel more compelled to react to it. His talking? Yeah. 
Oh, I don't know. But anyways, I'd rather, if, if you listen to the podcast and you pick me up in a cab, let's just enjoy the silence and I'll give you an even bigger tip. Okay. Just flush 605 on your hands to know that. <gasps> the one thing you didn't tell about this trip, minus the cab drivers. Oh. Do you know what I'm going for? Are you going for the hotel? Yes. Yeah, so when you came for the inauguration, you stayed at a fantastic hotel, and they're not a sponsor, but we'll give them a big shout-out, yeah. and if they listen to this podcast, maybe they'll give us a new, uh, a free room one day. Yeah, um, so when I came down for the inauguration, I stayed, after, you know, sleeping on the floor for three days, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to spend some money even more so than I have on this damn ticket to Washington, and put myself up in the Grand Hyatt yeah. for a night, which was like, I love doing stuff like that, like, I definitely think if you play hard... Wait, oops. Work hard, play hard? Yeah, right. Play hard, play play even harder. Play, clearly play too hard, and I don't remember anything. And you're a creative manager? How hard do you play? (laughs) Ugh. Ugh. Question and clouds. I was just like, oh, you know, I've worked hard, you know, I I just want to, you know, treat myself with a really nice hotel. So we got, um, or I got a room in the Grand Hyatt, and then I told John if we go there, we should stay at the Grand Hyatt, because it's pretty central to, like, the different... Adam Morgan, um, Georgetown, Chinatown, Chinatown. It's close to everything, so we're pretty central. And so we ended up getting a room yeah, at the Grand Hyatt. So we got a room there, and then we went uh, the day we checked in to get our key and everything. And the lady's like, "You want to face inside, outside?" We're like, "Oh, outside's fine." She's like, "Okay, the two floors you can choose from: either floor six or floor ten. And as soon as I hear six, it's one of my trigger words. I was like, "Oh, we gotta stay on floor six. Yeah. And then she's like, "Okay, so here's your room keys. You guys are on." Floor 6, room 605. I was like, what? I know. Okay, so straight up, it was a little bit bananas, and I thought you pre-planned this. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't wasn't paying enough attention. I was just like, oh, you've never been here. Where do you want to face? Inside or outside? And the inside is really nice, so that's why they would offer that. But yeah, I was like pretty stunned when we got this. They must be fans of the podcast, because everywhere we go... Uh, 605, so you know, we, we live in beautiful Club 605 in Toronto, and now we're, we've been spending the last four days in Washington at Club 605, Washington D.C. style, and even <laughs> when we took that, cat, uh, that train ride to Ottawa, we were in like train cart 605, yeah. which is very strange, so. It's following us. You realize we can never move, or we have to just buy our way to that address. Exactly, we'll just buy all the 605s everywhere. <laughs> so that, that was pretty cool, so I'll post a picture of me outside room 605, mm-hmm. uh, giving the thumbs up. Nice. And the other point I was going to make, uh, when we were talking about, like, n- the point I was getting towards about nice people in Washington mm-hmm. was something happened to me in Toronto last week okay. when I was walking home, and it just kind of threw me off guard. So I want to talk about, like I said, people in Toronto, they're nice for the most part. Everything's honky-dory. I don't know if that's the expression. For sure. But I was walking home one day from work, and when I'm walking home, I'm in, like, don't talk to me mode. I got my big headphones. Mm-hmm. It's like when those people on the streets stop, like, can we stop to talk to you for, you know, women's rights for two minutes? Yeah. And it's like the size of my headphone directly uh, indicates how much I want to talk to you. So if I'm not wearing headphones, sure, maybe I'll talk to you. If I'm wearing Beats by Dre headphones that covers half my head, <laughs> don't even try to stop me because I'm either going to walk by you or kick you in the gun. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's horrifying. Okay, I'm not actually going to hit someone, but it's just like, don't talk to me if I have big headphones on. Okay. They're annoying. They annoy you, don't you? Don't they? (laughs) Yeah, not as much as you, clearly. Oh, it's just especially my walk home. I get them at least like six people per walk home Mm -hmm. every day, and it's just like, I said no to you you people down the street, I'm going to say no to you again, 
And I'm going to go throw, like, juju beebs at you now or something. All right, sassy McSasserson. Well, I'm very sassy because of what happened to me. What happened? So I was walking home from work, walking down Queens Key, and I had my big headphones on. And it's, like, all this construction. And I notice, I notice that there is a lady walking ahead of me, and I can't quite pass her because, like, all, all the sidewalks are blocked off. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to pass her. She's walking behind me. And then as I'm about to pass her, I see her stop in front of me. Keep in mind, I still have my big headphones on. I'm not paying attention. Like I, I can't. If she says something to me, I'm listening to music. I can't listen. I can't hear what she's saying. Mm-hmm. But I see her. She stops. She turns around, and as she, as 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 I walk by her, she doesn't say anything to me. She doesn't look. She doesn't put out her hand to stop me. I just walk by her, and she grabs my arm with both her hands, and she so grabs weird. my arm with both her hands and pulls my watch to her face to check the time. That's retarded. Now, she doesn't stop to say, "Oh, excuse me. Do you have the time?" Or, "Excuse me. Can I look at your watch?" Or anything like that grabs my arm with both her hands, this older woman, I'd say probably somewhere between late 50s to early 60s, yeah. just grabs my arm with both her hands, pulls it to her face to check the time. And I'm just like, what? Like, Not cool. I, I, I don't know. So well, we need to shower, first of all. Yeah, well, that's just, like, first of all, I don't know where your hands have been. That You put, Ew, your, yeah. you put your dirty mitts like all over my arms. Now i got to go home and like, give my arm a bath, yeah. a sponge bath or something like that. And second of all, it's just like, if you just stopped and asked me politely, I'd be like, oh, of course I'll give you the time. See, hold the phone. Maybe she was trying to ask you, but your giant um, antisocial headphones got in the way. And now she was forced to, you know, take measures into her own hands, literally, and <laughs> grab your wrist of doom <laughs> with well, your watch. That's a very good theory, but I can debunk that right now. Go. Basically, when I'm walking, I'm very, uh, like... Where I'm, I get lost in the music and the walking and the thoughts, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware when I'm trying to pass somebody. Mm-hmm. And I've been try- I was trying to pass her because we were in, like, on the sidewalk with all this construction. And she was walking so slow mm-hmm. that I'm like, I just want to walk past you. So I would have been very aware if she would have stopped or put her hand out or tried to talk to me. Okay. And she, she just, like I said, she stopped, turned around, saw me, and just grabbed my arm with both her hands right away. Okay. But the joke was on her because as she grabbed my hand, my watch wasn't working. <laughs> And it hasn't been working for the last three months, so... And I had my iPhone in my pocket. I could have easily at, told her the time. You chose not to? No, and I... I, I any other time, I would have definitely sassed this woman and be like, Hey, get your hands off of me or something. Yeah. But I was so thrown off by this older woman, like, kung fu gripping my arms. I didn't even know what to do. She just grabbed my arm, looked at my watch, and I had to be like, uh, uh, my watch doesn't work. And she's like, oh. And then I just, like... And then I just walked away. That's so weird. So I just thought that was, like, uber strange. And no, really... it's super strange. I think that's also, like, very telling. I don't know. I think it's also very courageous only because you never know what kind of person you're going to get or that reaction from. Like, you could have been a crazy person. Yeah, I could have been, like... Pulled a knife on her or something. Vatos Loco and just, like, slapped her or pick her up. Like, totally. carried her away like King Kong and the princess from uh, Mario Brothers or something like that. Or, no, Donkey Kong, Donkey not King Kong. Kong. <laughs> Yeah, so I just thought that was really strange, and luckily no one here in Washington has grabbed my arm to look at my watch, no. and that's what I appreciate. So I appreciate that, and cab drivers who don't talk to you when you're in the back of the cab. He did give us very good advice, though. He did, although he's just he kept asking you if you were jealous. I don't understand that. Does that mean that you're a higher commodity than I am? I don't know. Girls I know everywhere are falling for you that I'm not seeing. No, I think I I, I don't know because it's just like well you have a higher a way higher job title than me now. I'm like I'm couldn't be more proud of you. So I'm just like <laughs> I don't know why you'd be jealous of me. No, no, I think it was that if other girls come around you, I'd get more jealous. Well, I do have my Scott Disick hair right now yeah, from keeping do. up the Kardashians, and I'm wearing my uh, 
uber short shorts and skinny jeans phase. <laughs> so who will, couldn't resist a skinny white guy in skinny jeans and a green T-shirt? Yeah. Okay. Were you going to say something? No, no, I cut no. you off there? Not at all. I haven't done a life tip in a while. So I have a new one that happened to me a couple weeks ago that I thought I should kind of bust out into the podcast. Okay. So this is another fascinating round of John's life tips. <laughs> La- La- Tips. Yo, this is my life tips. Take your mind on a little trip. As I make your bitch trip, this is John's life tips. Okay, so this one, it might sound a little strange, but you gotta kind of take the roller coaster ride with me and come along for the ride. And at the end of the, uh, the at the end of it, you'll be better off for yourself, as all my life tips has. Okay. As I've told you about making a fist when you walk by strangers. Yeah. I've talked about having a mug with your name on it to go to big meetings with. Totally. And I've talked about how to get a uh, straw into your drink if you have dirty hands without getting germs on it. For sure. So this one is more about style and clothes, and more specifically about underwear. Okay. So we all have that underwear where it's like you got your fancy underwear, you got your everyday underwear, yeah. you got your like underwear that you've had for like six years that just kind of is like, oh, I don't want to wear this. Okay. But my life tip is I discovered this about three weeks ago when I was hungover after a night of partying. Okay. And my dad's going to be like, you guys party every weekend, as he always <laughs> says. But no, this was, uh, we went to, I think it was Lori's, Lori's birthday. birthday, and that was just absolute chaos. You might have to save... That could be a whole podcast right on its own. Yeah, I think party chaos needs to be a whole episode. So let's just say that uh, there was a lot of drinking that night. Actually, it wasn't even that much by me, but I just sometimes, I'm notorious for really bad hangovers. Yeah. Like, even if I don't drink as much as I do some nights, either way, I remember I had a bunch of drink that night, and I woke up the next day like uber hungover. Yeah. And then, usually, you know, uh, when I wake up during the week for work, I wake up at, let's say, 8 a.m., put in a full day's of work, come home, go to bed at midnight. So it's a whole long yeah. day. On the weekend, or if you're hang- hungover, but generally, if you know you're going to wake up later in the day, so like say I woke up and it was now 11, 30, 12 in the afternoon, yeah. you should, this is my life tip, plan out where you're more comfortable underwear on days when you know you'll be awake longer. So like I said, if you wake up at 8 in the morning, do a full day of work, then don't go to bed at midnight, wear your most comfortable underwear. But save that uncomfortable underwear for the weekend or a day when you know you're waking up later in the afternoon. Yeah. So, like, I have some old-ass, like, just tight underwear that probably only fit me during my, I don't know, college days or something. And now I've outgrown it because I got a big butt or something like that. So, wait, why don't you just buy new underwear? Well, now you're debunking my whole John's <laughs> Life tips. Oops. If I, if I don't have time to buy new, uh, to get my watch fixed, I do not have time to buy new underwear to fit me. So the new life tip should be for me as to why I'm dating a hobo. Exactly. <laughs> but that's my life tip, is wear that uncomfortable underwear on a day where you're not going to be up as long, like the weekend or a hangover or something like that, and then wear that really comfortable underwear if you're going to be up all day, every day. And I think that's just a life tip that people don't necessarily think of. I think some people wake up Monday morning and they're super aggravated because they're wearing their really tight underwear when they should be wearing their comfortable silk boxers or something. (laughs) Have you ever done that? Do you have like a pair of underwear that, maybe this is too personal, but just just underwear that's just like, oh, not as comfortable as other ones. No, I tend to just buy comfortable underwear. (laughs) thing is, I tend to not just wear any underwear. Oh, no. And everyone comes running over here and be like, what? What? Ah, is it raining? Uh Uh-oh. It's raining a little bit. We might have to stop this podcast and take it on somewhere else. 
But before we do, that's John's life tip. Wear your comfortable underwear during long days and uncomfortable underwear during shorter days. And that's John's life tips. Yo, this is my life tips. Take your mind on a little trip. As I make your bitch trip, this is John's life tips. And we are back for part two of the Live from Washington podcast. Yes, Washington, D.C. podcast. Ah, yes, yes. And when we last left off with you guys, you were starting to sprinkle a little bit on us as we were sitting outside in the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah, so we're just like, it's a little bit of a walk back to um, the hotel, so we decided to walk all the way back to Penn, and then hop in a cab, because it started a little bit, little, like, really thick raindrops falling. And you got a couple new shirts you just bought, so you're like, let's not destroy these shirts, and just just hop into the cab and get the heck out of here. Smart move. But as we were walking home, there was a couple stories you wanted to talk about, or you just wanted to mention your old... Uh, trips to Washington? Oh, yeah, no, I just wanted to be, like, um, just set some context as to why I was down here as many times as I guess I was, but it is quite funny, and there are, like, I think the more daring sides of me, and it, if you know me, I will definitely spend money when I have to, mm-hmm. but, yeah, like, when, um, my ex-boyfriend and I just started dating, I came down for a week here initially, and he just started school, and so he moved in. I came down, like, three weeks later. I stayed for a week. And then, I guess this is any any relationship. You're starting to date somebody, and you kind of want to spend as much time with these people as possible. Mm-hmm. So then, for the next, like, I don't know, like, six or, <laughs> six or seven weekends or so, I would just fly out uh, very sporadically on a Friday and come back on a Sunday. But I would end up telling my family that I was just, like, crashing at any person's house or there there was a party in the city and stuff I'll and be I was back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow and like I mean in real life you think that Washington is or like DC is not that far away from Toronto on a flight. It's like a forty five minute flight from Pearson. Yeah. Uh so I could literally like one time I could be like, Hey, I'm just going out for dinner and then go take a cab to Pearson Airport, hop on a plane, and then come back at, like, 2 in the morning, and my parents and family would be none the wiser. But, yeah, I think it was just, like, I did that a couple times, and it's just hilarious because the one time, which was pretty epic, I just remember fighting, me and the guy at the time, we were having, like, a bunch of, not problems, but we were just fighting, and it was one of those fights where... And I would still be this way now, if, even though John and I don't really fight at all. Ooh, yeah. Um, if we were having any kind of argument, I would never want it to be over the phone. I would at least want to have this thing in person and, like, you know, because a lot gets misconstrued over the phone. And so I was, like, I was at work, at John's current work, and I was, like, oh, I just need to see you. Like, I just mm-hmm. need to see you in front of me. And so John's boss... Right? My old boss was like, do you want me to drive you to the airport? Nice. And I was like, whoa, this lady's amazing. Thank God I work here. Yeah. And then instead, my intern drove me to the airport. Who? Uh, Dominique. Okay. Um, so we ended up going back to my parents' house. I went home and changed and put on, like, a corporate dress. Um, and this is a good life tip for me. La, la, la. Yo, this is my life tips. Take your mind on a little trip. As I make your bitch trip, this is John's life tips. 
If you ever want to make your way through an airport really quickly, just look very professional but stylish. If you wear a power dress that's slightly more flirtatious, you can mm. get through anything. Um, so show some boobs. No! Uh, so anyway, so she dropped me, and my mom's like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, Dominique's just throwing a party. I'm going to go to that afterward. You lied to your mother. I know. It's so mm. bad. I was like, oh, I'll be back tomorrow at some point. Or whatever. So at this point, like, she doesn't know I'm going. The guy at the time doesn't even know I'm coming. <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm just trying to go catch a plane that I spent far too much money on. And over so, or under 500. Over. Jesus. <laughs> right? And so this is where I was like, and I was making substantially less than I am now, where it's like, I wonder how much money we would have to invest in things if I didn't have that bracket of my life. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so get to the airport, get to... DC, take a cab to um, the house or whatever, and obviously he doesn't know I'm coming, so I just end up waiting outside on his steps for like probably like two hours. I watched like episodes of The Office. Nice. You know, his landlord came and he knew me too, and yeah. he's like, "Well, unfortunately, I can't just let you in the apartment." Yeah. And I'm like, oh, "Okay, no, that's okay." So I ended up waiting there, and then it was the next day, and I was supposed to come home sometime in the afternoon, and my dad ended up calling me and being like, where are you? And yeah. I'm like, uh, I'll be home in a bit. <laughs> so I was like, all right, got to go catch a plane ride home. Catch the plane ride home. I'm literally landing now at Pearson Airport on the tarmac or whatever, and they're like, you can put your cell phones on now. Just keep in your seats. Yeah. My dad calls again, and he's like, where the hell are you? You need to be home. Wow. And I was like, oh, I'm just up at, like, Heartland Center. Relax. As I'm, like, fully, like, unbuckle your safety belt and <laughs> please be aware of the overhead stuff in the compartments. It might fall on your face. Wow. And so, yeah, my dad's like, be home in 20 minutes. I'm like, might be more like 40. There's a lot There's a lot of traffic, traffic, right? And I can just see, like, all the parents on the plane who are around me being like, oh, my God, I hope my kid's not like you. Oh, no. <laughs> so either way, it was a great – I'm fine, right? I feel like, you know, I can handle my own a little bit. Yeah. And I think situations like this are funny to laugh at now. They are. Did you ever tell your parents about these situations? No, I just told my brothers, probably. <laughs> I feel like Beth knew. I just think people didn't know to the extent. Like, even, like, my closest friends knew some of the time. But, like, I don't think they knew how many times I came down to D.C. Right. So, yeah. Aren't you glad I only lived up around College Street? Yeah. <laughs> so instead of taking, like, an hour flight, you could just take, like, a 10-minute walk and you could come see me. That's so true. But even still, you would still take a 45-minute walk. You wouldn't even pay $5 to come to my house. You'd walk it for 45 It's because I had to mentally prepare to say see what I was going to say and, <laughs> and run through all the situations in my head. Be like, okay, if this goes well, do this. If this goes poorly, do that. <laughs> so, I like it. That's crazy. Well, another th- interesting thing happened whilst while we are even here in Washington. Mm-hmm. So let's go back. We can go back as far as last year, but we'll make it more relevant and go back as far as earlier this year. Okay. And a bet was made between the two of us. And the two biggest arguments I feel like we ever get... Uh, moon ever, landing. Moon landing and then <laughs> the two biggest thing, two biggest fights, moon landing and Colby Rasmus yeah. of Toronto Blue Jays. These are, these, are, these are our problems. So if you 
follow or you don't follow baseball, if you live in Toronto, outside of Toronto, the Toronto Blue Jays have a center fielder. His name's Colby Rasmus. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess whenever like a trade happens, and if you don't know the player, I'm always like, oh, this person, because <laughs> you just blew something off your shoulder. And the fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime yeah. any, any player for any sport, hockey or baseball comes, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm always like, "Oh, this guy's really good." Like the Ottawa Senators just traded for Bobby Ryan. You're like, "Who is this player? I don't know him. He sucks." Yeah, but we traded. <laughs> I'm not biased or anything. No, <laughs> but Kobe Rasmus. I was like, "This guy has like all the potential in the world." That was like two years ago. Well, yeah, I told you this two years ago, and he, you're just like, "Whatever." So last year, and he was racist. Well, we call him racist Rasmus because he talks with like a southern. Mississippi accent. But even on the bench when he'd be in the dugout, he would never sit next to any of the Dominican players. Allegedly. Apparently. I saw it. We have to say allegedly so we don't get sued. <laughs> Why would we get sued? We weren't being racist. That's true. <laughs> right? Well, last year we made the bet. I was like, I bet you he'll hit 280 for the se- He'll have a 280 average for the season. And if he does, you have to buy me dinner. And you said... Fine, I see your bet because it will never happen. And I think last year he had a two thirty average. <laughs> so yep. Once again, this season upon he had us. a two thirty average, but he also had cornrows. Yeah, I know he's like really racist allegedly, but he would also have cornrows, yeah, which is very like strange. An invert closet racist. And this year he just has like a really weird mullet and like really bad facial hair. <laughs> but he's really funny. I really like him. And so this year the bet was a little bit altered. The thing was, I didn't. He didn't have to hit. 280 for the whole season. It's just he had to hit 280 at one point in the season, his average. It couldn't be like in the first month when it's easy to do that. Yeah. It's just like after the All-Star break, if he, if his average at least gets to 280 at one at bat and then it goes down, mm-hmm. as long as it touches 280, you buy me dinner. And so you're like, um, you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. Because like even up to this year, up until about the All-Star break, he was only hitting like 240 again. Yeah. But over the last month or so, he started picking up his game. His average started going up. And, like, the last couple of weeks, I'd be like, oh, he's at 268 now. You're like, sell, that's nothing. Yeah. And then it just so happened, you seemed to plan this trip right around the time he started hitting really well. <laughs> and we left Toronto when he was about 275. Yep. And so we've been in here for the last couple of days. We missed his last few games. So what I did was... The last couple of nights, I turn on my data, turn on my roaming charges, because <laughs> they don't show Blue Jays baseball here in the States. Because it sucks. And what I did was, last night, I took a screen grab of his batting average, and do you want to say, as of last night, what his batting average was? Is it just 282? 281. Ding, 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 uh. ding. So I took a screen grab, showed it to you this morning, and I was gloating all the while. And now I get a very free dinner of my choice, whether I want a lobster, lobster bisque. Or a hot dog stand. Or a hot dog stand. <laughs> you're right, actually. I didn't make it specific. Yeah. You could just buy me hot dogs. Totally. Tonight. What happens if you're just jonesing for cereal at home? <laughs> I could very well yeah. be. So anyways, I was very proud that I finally won this bet. Mm-hmm. And I get to gloat on the Live at 605 podcast. So to anyone following the Toronto Blue Jays, this is a win for me, you, and all the racist Rasmus fans out there in the world. <laughs> uh, okay, so next up, I'm trying to decide. I want to play. I, I want to decide if I want to play a game or if I want to play Was It Worth the Hassle? Aren't they both games? Kind of, in their own right. Yeah, what would you rather do? Do you want to play uh, Who'd You Rather or Was It Worth the Hassle? I can do a Who'd You Rather. Do a Who'd You Rather? I got one. Okay, so this is Who'd You Rather. Who'd 
you rather? Can I one up it? Yeah. Who'd you rather? Political edition. <laughs> that was my creepy laugh. Okay. Do Condoleezza I get... Rice. No! <laughs> Do I get to go? Yeah, you get to go first. Okay, so who would you rather? Here are the people. Okay. Laura Bush, okay. First Lady, George W.'s wife. Yeah. Um, She's clearly as old as she is right now. Okay. She only wears button-up suits. Okay. As she used to do. <laughs> and... Oh, wait. Sorry, I said who'd you rather. It should be Mary F. or Kill. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Mary? Fuck. Or Kill. Mary F. Well, actually, if it's political ones, let's just say who'd you rather. Who'd you rather? Because I don't want to talk about killing. Oh, yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. So, okay, can I keep going? Who'd you rather yeah. do? Yeah. Okay, so who'd you rather do? Okay. Should I start again? Yeah. How about let's do Mary, divorce, or F? Mary, F, or divorce? Mary, fuck, or divorce. MFD? MFD. Okay. For now. And then if we just do, like, celebrities, we can kill them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's keep going. New game. Mary, oops. Yeah, I'm going to keep all this in, just because it's funny. New game. MFD. Mary, Mary fuck. Divorce. <laughs> Mary F or divorce. Political edition. Okay, so, Laura Bush, first lady to George W. Bush. Yeah. Uh, still the same age as she is right now. Okay. Only wears pantsuits, much like she did before. Yeah. But, the only thing you have to contend with with her is that she gets all of her, um, I guess, all of the her etiquette and the way she articulates herself mm-hmm. is all from George W. Bush. Okay. So she sounds exactly like him. Okay. Michelle Obama. Ooh. Which is great, except she doesn't speak a lick of English. Okay. She only wears overalls, so she doesn't have her fashion sense that she does now. But she's still the first lady? No. Oh, okay. Right? So she is just, um, like a, like a anthropology student. Okay, but she's like 50 years old. Yeah, so she's like trying to make it happen again. Okay. Or Hillary Clinton during her, um, Bill Clinton... Um, scandal era. So, okay. like, little short bob haircut. Um, very, like, pensive kind okay. of thing. But her issue is she's super outspoken. Like, she'll never, like, she'll never let you get a word in. Okay. I'm trying to decide how graphic I want to be for this one because I am thinking of some things that might... This is... If you want to do parental control, so maybe if Jenny's listening and Nathan... If he's only, like, a couple weeks old, maybe cover his ears, because I don't want the first words he hears is fucking this and that. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to be ramming the shit out of Hillary Rodden Clinton, <laughs> because during this time, you can tell, if this is when Bill Clinton's getting his freak on, yeah. she's going to be revenge fucking, and she's going to be getting <laughs> as freaky as possible. Okay. So, I mean, she, she'll be there for a good time, mm-hmm. and she'll just be like... Oh, yeah, Bill, well, let me show you what I can do, and I might not be able to get it. But she put a yellow tie around your neck? I just think she'd be, like, uber freaky during that point, so I'd be effing the ass out of her. Okay. I would have to divorce... Uh, Laura Bush? Laura Bush, yes, because 
I would. I just. I, I don't know. I don't want to be anywhere where um, George W. George W. B. has been. <laughs> and then I feel like I would want to marry Mrs. Obama because I'd want to show your nephew Benjamin that interracial dating oh. and marriage is all right. <laughs> yeah. And it's 2013, so I dig you. Let's take the black, take the white as someone's getting a phone call, and make a nice little perfect half-hunky. So, I mean, the fact that his parents are interracial didn't set in. Well, just to show him that, even more than his parents. His own, his, although, I guess he wouldn't be my nephew if I wasn't dating you. No. So I'd just be teaching some random half-hunky himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is okay. Okay, my turn? Mm-hmm. Keep it political? Whatever you want. I just feel that we're in D.C. Mm-hmm. It's very governmental. Okay, uh, how about Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> but he's alive right now. Cool. But he's, like, jacked up because he's really in the UFC, so he's, like, muscle, he's, like, six foot four, really big, and, like, but he's also on uh, PEDs, so, like, the, Oh, no. Uh, like, A-Rod. Very topical. Very topical, but he's, like, into, like, a- abolishing slavery even more so and being, like, equal rights, even though it's 2013. But he's just jacked. He's just jacked, but he's on roids, so he has roid rage every once in a while. Does he still UFC fight in his top hat? Oh, for sure, yeah. Score! Uh, but he might also put his junk in there just for fun. Ew! Okay. <laughs> so there's him. There's George Washington. Okay. But George Washington... Um... <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Sorry, I've been drinking Dr. Pepper. George Washington, but he's going through a phase. George Washington, but he looks like James Franco from Spring Breakers. Ew, okay. So he's got, like, his cornrows and all this stuff. Okay. But, like, white hair? White, uh, yeah, white hair cornrows. Okay. Or Theodore Roosevelt, but he uh, dresses like Theodore Huxtable. What? <laughs> from the Cosby Show. With his one earring? Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Clearly, I'm going to have to F the bejesus out of Abe Lincoln. Okay. Just because I, I would want to wear the top hat, right? <laughs> that just seems cool. Okay. And then Mary... Washington, I guess, from Spring Breakers. Yeah. And then divorce Theodore Roosevelt. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> right? I love that we never have a Canadian political podcast, but yet we're basking in American politics. Uh, Canadian politics are boring as S. <laughs> Do you have another one? Doesn't have to be political. It could be anything. Nope. You don't have anything? <laughs> or you? Nope. No? Nope. Or divorce. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about on the podcast is uh, just because uh, we we've done like the big vacation trips, but what do you have like a favorite like quick vacation, like quick getaway? I don't mean like somewhere for a week, but you know you just get away for a weekend. Is there like how we're doing right now? Yeah, like do you have like we went to Chicago, we've been to Halifax. It doesn't have to be anything with me. Mm-hmm. Can you think about what what's some of your favorite little guy trips that you've been on? Um, I definitely like, um, for me, two, four, the girls, myself, Lori, Ferris, and Toya, we went to Vegas okay. one year, which was really fun. Um, so that was a blast, even though we were, like, completely tanked for half of it. You, I think the max you need in Vegas is three nights, okay. just because you'll be clinically dead if you do it right by the end of it. Yeah. Um, I also love... Boston, and you and I went. There was definitely some. We redeemed ourselves from the first trip over. We'll get 
get to that in a bit. I really like, um, I'm trying to think. Even when I was living in England and stuff, we used to do, like, just day trips to, like, um, Malaga and, like, Paris and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So those were really fun just because, obviously, like, living in beautiful downtown Toronto, you can take a day trip, but you would end up in, like, Scarborough or, like, St. Jacob's. It was really cool to be like, oh, now you're on the southern coast of Spain, right? And it was only, like exactly like how dc is only an hour away from us it would only be like an hour away from us in london okay Mm -hmm. what about you yeah there's a couple um i really liked the guy's trip to new york city last year i've kind of we talked about that a little bit on the podcast Mm -hmm. that was a fun one we went to go see the darkness Mm -hmm. Uh, another trip we went on last year which was a lot of fun was yumi and dan we went to halifax Mm -hmm. and that was quite the experience like on its own as we um, we stayed at this cool little hotel downtown, and then we the first night there we went drinking at this cool bar. Mm-hmm. As someone's trying to distract me over here, no <laughs> comment. And yeah, well, that that first bar we went to where we just had like a bunch of Alexander Keith beers, and it was like Canada Day long weekend. Yeah, and. Um, well, it's funny, the, another point, I always go off topic, but we realize we always kind of go on holidays around... Uh, Carabana? Well, just around, uh, yeah, Carabana, or like, right now we left and it's Carabana in Toronto, so it's But it's, it's like, also the August long, it's like Labor Day weekend or something. Yeah, and last year we left on like Canada, Canada Day. Day slash Pride, which I, I like being around for Pride because it's always a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but we just happen to go like on that weekend, and so that's just kind of funny, but yeah, in Halifax the first night when we just got kind of got tanked and... There's, like, all these cool local bands doing mm-hmm. uh, all these great songs. Definitely check out, uh, it's, they're called Signal Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are really fun, like, maritime band. They do great covers. The guy's voice is amazing, the lead singers. They sometimes play in Toronto at, like, Grace O'Malley's and stuff. But they were so much fun that day. Yeah, that was really good. Another trip I liked a lot was... The first time Dan and I went to Chicago, because mm-hmm. Porter just flew into Porter just started flying to Chicago, and so the first week I think any employees got a free like plane ride. Okay. So Dan and I went two weekends in a row, but the first weekend we went, I think I've talked about this on the relationships. Mm-hmm. Dan and I flew to Chicago and we went to see uh, Fastball. Yeah. And I just remember, like, getting tanked again for that and watching Fastball. I don't even know why you would go see Fastball. But it was fun. So we went and, like, went to see Fastball, and then we went to uh, go sightseeing on some, like, really tall towers, and I was hungover. I'd be like, ah, I'm going to be sick. I love your and Dan's date trips. Date trips? Yeah. Well, we may or may not have had to share a bed on that (laughs) trip. You You guys got a free trip, but you went in spring for a hotel? No, you know what it was? The first two weekends in Chicago, we had, like, we stayed at the double. We stayed at a couple hotels, uh-huh. but then we went another weekend specifically for fastball, yeah. and we accidentally booked a hotel room with just one king size bed. Why didn't you ask for a new bedroom? I think we asked for a cot or something, but <laughs> I think we were just like, oh, whatever, we'll just share this bed. We had like a big long pillow to divide it or something. <laughs> so no comment on that. And then we watched a Will Ferrell movie at night, the basketball one, semi-pro or whatever. <laughs> so I like that was a lot of fun, that trip. Okay. And yeah, Boston, we've gone there twice now. Yeah. The first time we went to Boston, we didn't really get to stay there that long. Well, that's a good segue into 
was it worth the hassle? Ah. So, this week's going to be a little bit different. Usually, I do, was it worth the hassle, and I talk about something that happened to me. But today, we're going to pass it on to the creative, creative manager herself. And you have a was it worth the hassle that you want to talk about. Okay. So, um, I guess it was three years ago now. Uh, John and myself went to Cape Cod for a family reunion slash triple birthday for my grandmother, my aunt, and my brother Carl. And it was everybody on my mom's side. We hadn't seen everyone almost in like a decade altogether, I want to say. And so my family rented a house in Cape Cod. John and I kind of got demoted to sleeping in the haunted family room, (laughs) Um, which was fine, whatever. Everyone else had bedrooms or, like, my cousin Hannah had to sleep in a closet like Harry Harry Potter. Um, But, yeah, it was, was, like, really fun. It was a great house. But at the last day, because we only showed up three days because we were both working really busy that summer, the last day... Everyone left, and John and I were like, okay, let's go hang out in Boston, because we had both never been before. So we ended up taking the, was it bus back to Boston? Yes, ma'am. Uh, took the bus back to Boston. We had a really great hotel in the center near Quincy Market. And so we're like, let's go adventure, right? Let's go walk around, mm-hmm. which is very typical of John and I just to, like, walk everywhere, I guess, not use, like, public transit or cabs yeah. for the most part. So we end up walking down. We're like, the goal is to walk to Fenway. Fenway Park, home of the Boston Red Sox. You've never been. I've never been. We wanted, even though we didn't have tickets for the game, we just wanted to go and be in that environment and check it out. Yeah. Just because it's a pretty legendary stadium. And so we were walking our way, like, we went through Quincy Market. We went through all the names of these parks are going to, like, um... I'm going to forget all the names of these parks. But either way, we were walking down. Then we got to the shopping district, and it's all cobblestone streets. And we saw a bunch of, like, little boutique shops we wanted to go into. And so we're walking. We're crossing this street. It's, like, I'm wearing just, like, regular sandals. It's pretty busy. Hmm. Um, Crossing an intersection. And all of a sudden, (laughs) there's, like, a sewer vent. My foot, it's, like, lodged into it. And this larger-than-monstrosity whale of a woman Mm -hmm. bashes into me, and my foot gets stuck into the vent as she bashes me. I kind of fall over, but my foot stays stays caught in the drain, and it totally bends over. And so I'm like, mother of God, right? And so I think I just swore. like, like, Right? She is nowhere to be found. Like, I feel like in Toronto, if you knock somebody over, maybe a nice Canadian would apologize and be like, are you okay? But I think this woman thought I was about to sue her ass. Mm -hmm. And so she ran off. Like, if this woman ran as quickly as she did, she'd probably not be 900 pounds. (laughs) But um, she ran off. And then John and I were, like, hobbling to get me to not in the middle of the intersection. And so we ended up going to sit on a ledge, I think, on the corner. Sit on a ledge. And then we looked down at your ankle, which is where you hurt yourself, Mm -hmm. and it looked like there was a grapefruit grapefruit or baseball coming out of your ankle. Like, that's how big this huge lump was on your ankle. And it it was weird because I was like, 
I was really upset, but I'm like, okay, it's okay, it's not that bad, because I think I was choosing not to look at it, and so, like, other people were staring at my feet, including this homeless man on the curb, Mm -hmm. who was just like, you may want to put some ice on that, or whatever, and so... So this is where you're supposed to ask, was it worth... You're you're getting ahead of yourself here. Okay, so was it worth the hassle? What would you do? I always... No, no, I'm saying that to... I always go, was it worth the hassle? What would you do? Was it worth the hassle? What would you do? I'm going to leave that whole part in there because it's funny. (laughs) What I would do and what you wanted to do were two completely different things. So I'm going to tell you what I would do in that situation if it happened to me or if it happened to you. I instantly, when I first saw the baseball group fruit... Group fruit? (laughs) Group fruit? (laughs) Grapefruit coming out of your ankle. At first, I had to like, it was, it was just really gross looking too. Thanks, eh? Yeah. Like, I'm not good with that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but I was just like, oh my dear God. I knew instantly you were hurt really badly. Yeah. And I would have, if it was myself, I would have called like an ambulance or a cab and I would have instantly gotten into a cab to go see a doctor. Yeah. And you know me and doctors, I don't really care much for them as you know with my broken thumb. Yeah. But the thing with my broken thumb was it was only like a bruised thumb, like black and blue nail. Yeah. It wasn't like there was... My foot was swollen. Your foot was swollen instantly and it's just like you couldn't even walk from the the road to like the steps where I sat you down four feet in front. Yeah. Like, so I would instantly just be like, okay, we got to get you a hospital. We got to get you x-rayed. We got to make sure you're okay. Cause I don't know if your foot sprained or fractured or broken or like if you're going to do more damage by walking. Well, this, can I interject? Yeah. The even shittier part was, cause we, um, we just left from Cape Cod and my cousin Andy who lives in Boston was like, oh, call me later tonight. We'll go get drinks with my friends. Yeah. We'll go see a show in like uh Southie or something. And I was like, yeah, we will. This sounds amazing. Yeah. So I was like jonesing over this night. Okay, so that's what I would do. I would go instantly to a hospital. But what did you want to do and what did you do? I instead wanted to just keep walking to Fenway. <laughs> and so even though I couldn't walk, I could hobble my way there. And so I was like, let's go. <laughs> and so yeah. I was determined to like get your ass to bleacher bar. Um, yeah, I think you wanted to pretend, pretend like it didn't happen because I think you knew, like, we, we both want to go to Fenway Park, but I guess I always talk about it, and you just... I be- felt bad. I didn't want it to be, like, we literally had not even been there three hours at this point. We ba- basically got to the hotel, put our bags down, we're walking to Fenway Park. And I'm already injured. Like, this was had hex written all over it. So, initially what happened was, uh, the hobo is just like, you should put some ice on it. And I was able to, luckily enough, convince you, be like, no, we, we got to get you somewhere other than this bench. Mm-hmm. So you're like, let me, let's just go back to the hotel and let's just, let me just lie down for a bit. Yeah. And like, I was just like really upset and worried for you. So I was just like, okay, well, anywhere is better than you trying to keep walking. Mm-hmm. So we got in the cab and we told the cab, be like, okay, just go back to our hotel where we're staying at. Yeah. But as I kept like looking down at your ankle and I could see just like. <laughs> exploding. Just, exploding. I could see like your eyes, like even just myself, like I was just like really worried for you yeah. eventually I was like no we have to go to a hospital we have to do this <laughs> yeah. and we eventually got the cab driver to take us to a hospital in Boston mm-hmm. and we went there and Mass we, General Mass General and we still had to get you like hobble up like a ramp and get you in there I had to like run and try and get you a, a wheelchair a wheelchair and it's just like we spent the next three hours or so in the it was Boston. longer than that and they had to like ask you a bunch of questions about whether or not I beat you or anything <laughs> I think it was more, like, I felt bad for you, because it was, like, you really know how much somebody cares, and, like, 
how much you had to do because I couldn't walk anywhere. So you were like, let me go fill out all these papers. Let me go get the wheelchair. Let me go do all these things. And then the first thing this woman, the nurse doing my registration, thinks that you beat me. Well, they have to rule it out and make sure I do I know. I just felt bad because I almost started laughing. Because I was like, what happens if I say yes? <laughs> yeah, you throw my ass in jail. So, yeah. um, but that was crazy. And then I think, well, so clearly was it worth the hassle? Not really. No. Uh, but I still got you to Fenway the following year. Yeah, we went back the following year. And it was actually during the 100th anniversary of Fenway Park. We got to sit in Bleacher's Bar, which is a bar in, like, center field where you get to watch the game from if you don't have tickets. And we had a couple of drinks and watched the New York Yankees crush the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. I just think it was, like, I just felt bad. I felt like we had only been, we had actively paid just to go to the hospital. Well, it's one of those things where it's, like, I'd rather myself get hurt than you because I can, I'll be like, okay, I know how much pain I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how much pain you were in and you wanted to keep going and then you were in crutches for, like, Two weeks. Two weeks. No, like, well, you had a boot on your foot for, like, yeah. you were, like, rehabbing for eight weeks. Like, it was a yeah. two-month process. And it's just, like, I'd rather be the one in pain and not and know that you're okay than not knowing how much pain you're in this or that. Like, I'm sure you'd be the same way. Oh, no, definitely. Like, I'd rather be taking, like, I think you and I are both, like, and this is just our families, kind of upbringing. We're both, try, like, try and be heroes. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I was definitely trying to hide the pain and shield it, but it just, it sucked because it cut our trip clearly in half, and then we both had to make that dreaded call to my family, where it's like... Well, you're just like, do I have to call them? Like, you gotta let them know. What's that? Oh, there was a message on the TV that said, to Val. Right. Um, whatchamacallit, yeah, I had to call my brother, Carl, who's driving my parents back. What a nine-hour... Nine-hour car ride back to Toronto, and be like, okay, not to worry, but I was in the hospital and I could eat, like, yeah. just feel the tension in that car for the whole ride home. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be atrocious. And I'm like, Carl, my logical brother, Beth, my logical sister-in-law, do not tell mom and dad. Yeah. Right? But either way. You had to let them, you just had to let them know. Yeah, let them know, just in case yeah. somebody called. Exactly. Which, okay, so all this happens. Mm-hmm. Oh my, it's Shark Week right now. We have the TV on muted on Discovery, and it's Shark Week. So, I'm so jacked. Depending on if you listen to this when we put it out on Monday or two years from now, Shark <laughs> Week may or may not be happening right now as we speak. Nice. So, you got injured two years ago. You break your ankle in Boston. Yeah. Last year, we talked about this. I broke my thumb in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and I went out and still played baseball and went golfing. Mm-hmm. It's the dreaded summer curse where one of us always gets injured. Yeah. What happened to you yesterday? <laughs> so, John and I are like, I always, John and I always try and do something like fun and adventure not out, like out of the ordinary that we wouldn't do in Toronto. So, because DC is like really easy to navigate through and it has like a really nice, um, marina, like bike paths everywhere across the water, I was like, why don't we rent bikes? Like, the Bixie bike kind of style here, and just w- bike along the waterfront and go that way to see the rest of D.C., and so we did, and we started up in Georgetown Park, and we went across uh, Rock Ferry River, and then we're like, okay, let's go um, to Arlington Cemetery in Virginia, so we literally crossed the Arlington <laughs> Bridge and uh, bike ride it into Virginia to go to the Arlington Cemetery, which in real life saved us a ton of money. Oh, hell um, yeah. And it was a lot of fun. And so we're biking, and all of us, like, 
for whatever reason, I don't know why I don't listen to you when you're trying to be logical <laughs> about stuff. Logical I think one. I, I think you are very much the logical one. I think I get ahead of myself and just get really excited wherever we are. Yeah. So John's in front of me. I'm biking behind you, and Arlington Cemetery is all gated off on the entrance that we came into, which is the entrance off the Arlington Bridge area um, through the big gate, like, gated area. And so we're biking, and it's all grass. Like, deep, deep grass. Deep grass grass and, like, itchy grass. I don't know if people know what I'm talking about, but if it's, like, that tall, itchy grass that just stings almost when you get into it, and then it's all fenced off. So I was like, screw this, I am going to bike my way into this grass, right, and take a picture. And so, whatever reason, I'm, like, biking. Well, I was just like, okay, there's no one coming or going close to us, so, ew. There's a bunch there's, of naked people on There's TV. a show premiering on Discovery called Naked and Afraid on Monday or something, and this show's just weird. So a promo came up. A bunch of naked butts. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, we're on the, the, the path riding. I'm like, okay, let's pull over. I'm like, no one's coming, so just pull over on the side, or, or on, like, the, the gravel here. We're, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So I stop. I'm ahead of you. And then you decide to keep riding into the long grass. <laughs> into the long grass. And then, I, you know the thing where you kind of, like, you're biking still, but you, like, jump off to, like, put your feet down? So I try to do that, but what I don't realize is that I am in a complete grass hole some point so whereas i think my foot's going down onto what is level surface right just deep grass it is actually going full on into a hole in which i literally fall over now (laughs) into this hole of itchy grass and then like again like not fully twist my ankle but like it hurt a little bit and so still hurts a little bit today it still hurts a little bit today but it was hilarious like i think you even started I did till I realized you fell on your same ankle that you broke in Boston. <laughs> and so, either way, so I'm in this hole. I am determined to get my picture. And then I don't tell John the extent of what it hurts because I was like, yo, guy, I want a bike ride back to Chinatown. Yeah, we kept biking for like another 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So, that's the story about how I'm not graceful on trips. But how's your ankle feeling now? Uh, it's it's better. So it's kind of like one of those old people problems when it like kicks up the wind or like right. it starts hurting. Um, but it feels okay now. It was a little sore last night. All right. Well, if it's still hurting tomorrow and we're back in Toronto, we'll we'll take you to a doctor just to. We'll make go sure back you... to my physiotherapist. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how you play. Was it worth the hassle? <laughs> <laughs> We talked about broken ankles, tight underwear, uh, Abraham Lincoln UFC fighter. Oh. What else? I just want to talk, remember how you said about how we bump into people on trips? Oh, yeah. So we can do a continuation. We have this thing where we've been on a few trips, and it's one thing when you're walking down Young Street in Toronto, you bump into someone you know who lives in Toronto. It's like, oh, hey, how's, you going? how's it going? But when you go to, like, fly to different destinations and you mm-hmm. randomly see people, it's always just kind of silly and, and, like, it's like, I'm not used to seeing you in somewhere that's not Toronto or mm-hmm. Ottawa, whatever it is. So we've had a few vacation or trips where we've just randomly bumped into people. Yeah, so it's like, it hasn't happened here yet, but I feel like, you know, there's still one day left. It might happen in D.C. Um, but I think some of the weirdest ones were... Um, well, there was, let's start with a big one. Uh, 
what were, now I can't think of them. There's one where the first time you and I went to Aruba together. Yes. I had been a, once or twice before with Dan, Danimal Craig. Mm-hmm. And so Dan just happened to be in Aruba the same weekend that we were going. Like he booked his trip maybe a couple months out and then mm-hmm. we booked our trip as we always do mm-hmm. a few days before but not knowing that it like coincided with Dan's trip. Yeah. So we booked the trip, then we, end, we just ended up talking to Dan, and he's like, oh, I'm going to be in Aruba at the exact same time as you <laughs> yeah. guys. So we fly to Aruba, and we knew he was going to be there, but we fly to Aruba, and I guess he found out when our flight was, because <laughs> yeah. we got on the bus from the hotel, or from the, the airport. airport to the hotel, and when we got off the the bus at the hotel, hotel. At, like, was... at like 8 at night, he was there waiting for us, like waving. <laughs> Which felt eerily weird. Um, so that was bizarre. Um, another one for me was... I had already, you know, started university, clearly. I was in my third year in England on vacation or something. I can't remember if it was third year. I think it was third year or just later on. I went to England for something. And my high school yearbook editor, (laughs) Eva, right, was also in London. And we met up at Trafalgar Square. I'm like, I stopped talking to you, like, four years ago. And, like, always (laughs) on good terms. But I'm like, what the hell are we doing at this fountain together? Yeah. So that was bizarre. Another one was uh, the Halifax trip you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so we're literally on route coming back from Halifax oh, yeah. to Toronto. And you, me, and Dan again are just sitting in, like, the lounge or whatever, just, like, shooting the shit. And then none other than my friend, or our friend, yeah. uh, Pay ends up hearing us talking mm-hmm. and comes over and sits with us, our friend from Toronto, who used to be... Actually, who used to be the host of Breakfast Television in Winnipeg. Exactly. Um, She has a podcast. I think she's a little bit more high profile than Live at 605. I think she has a radio show or or something on CBC. And then I know she puts it out, her pot, that that onto a podcast on iTunes. Mm -hmm. So check her out. I think it's just called like the Pay Chen Show on iTunes. Yeah. She's super awesome. She's great. And so I hadn't seen her because she had moved to Winnipeg to host... Um, breakfast television, so I hadn't seen her in a year or something, and so she ended up randomly, we popped in beside each other, so we were all hanging out in the lounge, and then she was just saying that she was like, oh, I gotta go catch my flight, or whatever, and then I was like, okay, we'll definitely catch up soon again, whatever, and then magically I ended up sitting beside her on the flight yeah. to back to Halifax, which was hilarious, so we back ended to up- Toronto. Oh, sorry, back to Toronto, which was hilarious, so that was another one. And then speaking of your busted ankle... You break your ankle in, like, let's just say July or something when we're in Boston. Mm-hmm. In October, a few months later, we decided to go to Bahamas for a vacation. Yeah. And who do we see at the airport, on the airplane, and in our resort in Bahamas? My physiotherapist. Who was fixing your broken ankle. Yeah, I know. So I was like, at least I know I'm covered if I fall again. Exactly. We know who to go to to help us out. Which was hilarious, because it's just weird to be like, oh, hello, Doctor, Doctor, whatever. Um, So that was random. So yeah, we're still waiting to see somebody in D.C., but it could happen. It it, it very well could. So that's just, it's always strange. I don't know if you guys have ever had, you bump into someone on vacation or like a weird spot. Even to a lesser extent, we were in Ottawa earlier this year for a Sens game. Uh And I took you to the canal and we were walking up to go to like this mall. And we randomly bumped into our friend Matt 
and Caitlin, his girlfriend, on stairs, like this huge giant staircase going up and down. Uh-huh. And we just like started laughing and being like, what? <laughs> so it's just like all like the weird places you bump into people when it's not like in your city. Uh-huh. So I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, the, definitely the pay one was good. Dan in Aruba and then your uh, physio guy in Bahamas <laughs> was pretty ridiculous. I like that. I like that. Well, I think what we're going to do is we might call it a day here from beautiful Washington, D.C., as we might go out, grab some food, go see another movie, and then just take in the rest of uh, D.C. But it's been fun doing another live on location episode, and we got to record from historic Lincoln Memorial in beautiful Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and we're staying now recording in the fantastic Grand Hyatt. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was a lot of fun. We got to talk about cool vacation stuff and talk about being clumsy and and everything from... <laughs> talk about me being clumsy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everything in between of that. And I think you guys will enjoy this one. I know I did. Oh. What's up? I just wanted to tell a story about how I got to be creative manager. Oh, yeah. I thought, we, did we not t- touch... I just said I am now the creative manager. Okay, no. You might have to edit all of this oh, together. Oh, keep it as is. That's, that's the great thing about this podcast mm-hmm. nobody tells us what to do so i don't have no suit breathing down my neck being like you gotta make it more linear <laughs> <laughs> so like we said very proud of al she's now the creative manager of her company at blue ant media they have fantastic programming mm-hmm. and why don't we hear the story i think um two two bits of information on this one is that one our company is launching the smithsonian channel in Canada, which is very timely and topical as we are in D.C., the mecca of Smithsonian museums. And then the second part is, if you ever hear, um, if you go back and listen to episode two, I think, of season two of 605, mm-hmm. we all talk about, like, the young dudes, like, you know, getting ahead, and for us it's all about, like, um, merit, not longevity, and sometimes we feel like it just won't happen for us, and, like, you know, we're all working so hard, and then it doesn't happen, but now I feel like it's finally paid off and, like, you do get that recognition and it's never felt so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know it's just, like, I never saw it. You said you saw it happening, but yeah. I never did. I had a feeling about it. Um, so, clearly, like, just the short end of the stick was on a Monday, my big boss sent me an email being like, let's have a 9 a.m. meeting. And I was like, okay, in the smallest, like, size six font at the bottom just said good news and asterisk sign yeah and i'm thinking it's something like good news we bought like another photocopier or something or good news you know smithsonian channel starting early you'll have all this work to do yeah or something and then i end up going and sitting in there and he's just like talking about like all these different things and how positive um i have been for the company and like just how passionate i am and how contagious some of that stuff is and he's like we want to promote you and I was like whoa this Hmm. is crazy because usually like at this point I'm like I'm so used to doing resumes and writing cover letters and like I'm really good at interviews so that's not even the concern but not having to do any preliminary work to have a job that wasn't um posted for and even though I was like lobbying for any kind of more senior position I was always told you know, what manager experience do you have? And even though I've supervised, like, interns and I do a lot of stuff that I would consider managerial work, um, I've never had that physical title, so I always feel like that's working against me. Yeah. And so finally that somebody had given me the opportunity to 
um, actually show my stripes kind of thing and, like, take me under their wing and, like, even help me t- try and grow in this role is really amazing as the youngest. And, like, um, I think that is really cool for our generation to know that it's not just about longevity anymore. That, you know, I do feel like it sounds really silly, but I do feel like it's a step for all young people everywhere. Definitely. It's like for- I said earlier, you're, you're under the age of 30 and you're already a creative manager for a really great company and there's a lot of great things you're saying like you got you're launching smithsonian channel you have these great hd subscriber channels that everyone really loves you have some cool like funky music channels and Mm -hmm. comedy so it's just like you're on the cusp of a company that's already really well recognized that's only going up yeah no i think it's just like i think if nothing else it feels like going to school for so long even though it's not been that long but like going for school uh part-time while working full-time while doing, like, projects on the side, that stuff paid off. So it's kind of like the glass ceiling effect has been lifted, which I think is huge when I am the pinnacle of the person who thinks um, making it in the real world is really difficult. Mm -hmm. I think and that you might not be given a lot of chances to progress, but this this new job Mm -hmm. is, like, totally proof, I think, that sometimes the little guy wins. I think. Definitely. So, I think it's really cool. I think that's amazing. You put in all this hard work and effort, and you uh, stuck in there during the hard times, and just all the hard work's really paying off. It's a really big inspiration. Mm-hmm. On the 20 Questions podcast we did a few weeks ago, we the one of the questions was, when was the last time you cried in public? <laughs> and mine almost had to change as when, I remember I was at work, and you you emailed me it, and I was just, like, so happy and proud. I'm like, this is amazing. But you just emailed me. Your email just said, like, I got promoted. Mm-hmm. And then you forwarded me your company email that talked about you getting promoted and said all these great things. I remember reading that at work mm-hmm. in my edit bay, and I got kind of teary-eyed only because I know how much work and effort and hard and how hard you worked for this and how much you deserved it. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're finally getting recognized, even though I knew you would. Yeah. It was just, like, finally seeing this come about. And luckily, I didn't, I wasn't, like, bawling, like, oh, 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 oh. I definitely got teary, so if <laughs> we do 20 you. questions again, it might have to be, when did you cry in public? I'm like, I didn't cry, but I got very teary-eyed. I definitely, one other note to put onto that is that you've told me this countless times, but one of the best, like, it's not even advice, it's just one of the best anecdote stories that I've taken away from friends. This is really silly, but my friend Lillian I still remember when she was trying to get her first job um, at this card shop. Yeah. Um, just as, like, a part-time job while we were in high school, and she had no work experience at this point. And she went into this store, and she's like, I just need a part-time job. And the woman's like, well, you've never worked anywhere else. And she's like, how am I supposed to prove, um, or how am I supposed to get this experience unless somebody gives me a chance? And exactly. it's, it's like, I know if you give me a chance, I will never let you down. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really huge and very telling of a the character of Lil, right? And I do feel like Lil and I are very ambitious in the same right, so I definitely have used that speech, even trying to progress my own career, being like, I know I'd be a great manager to this team if if you give me the chance, I can do it, right? But until somebody gives me the chance to do it, how am I supposed to get there, Mm -hmm. right? So just, like, take a gamble on me because I know I'll do it well, right? Definitely, yeah. no, it's very exciting. You've, you've been, you've had this position for just over a week now, and you're rocking it. <laughs> and yeah. no, we're super proud of you. And we, we're not going to. I will not introduce you now as the award winner, or even as the multiple award winner. Mm-hmm. You're now the creative manager, Val Gomez. Yeah. 
I think that's a perfect place to end this, but I want to, I'm going to do the band of the week right now, but you usually walk away when I do this, but I'll, I'll keep you here now. Oh, thank you. And, <laughs> you. It's always you who walk away. We have no other rooms in this hotel for me to go to. Yeah, but even in Barbados, you walked and like took a shower or something. Oh, did I? But this, this band of the week is dedicated to you. So usually, yeah. usually and to Benjamin. And to Benjamin, our little nephew. But usually when I do a band of the week, I kind of have like a bio about who they are. It's usually like a band that you don't really know about. Mm-hmm. And so this week's band of the week dedicated to the creative manager is Slim Thug. <laughs> Slim Thug. Yeah. And his song, Like a Boss. I'm pretty sure it's called Like a Boss. <laughs> and it's a really good song. It's produced by like the Neptunes. This is all like that I know just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And Slim Thug was really big back in like when I was in college. Mm-hmm. He, well, he's more of like a one-hit wonder, but the song's all about being like, the chorus is, it's like, I go to McDonald's like a boss, hit the streets like a boss, hit this bitch like a boss. It's all about being a boss. And so I want to dedicate this slim thug like a boss to Val Gomez, the creative manager. Enjoy. <laughs> and we'll just briefly, you know, we never gave out at the start of the show all the contact info, but I think everybody already knows it. Check it out. Check everything out on Facebook. Just search live at 605. You'll find the Facebook page there. Like it. You'll see pictures and audio and everything else. It also shows you links to my Twitter account. Follow me. I'll follow you back. I'm at Malencamp. You can also email us live at 605 at gmail.com. And if you don't have iTunes and you want to download and listen to live at 605, go to www.liveat605.podomatic.com. Dot com, and you can get all the episodes there as well. So until next week, I'm your host, John. This is the creative manager, Val. And we'll see you next time. Be easy. I rock in my name and 56 crowd and spend most of my weekends cruising above clouds. From the west to the south way to the east coast. I switch time zones more than hoes switch clothes. I was born to be on top. Born Born to call shots, born to cop drops and trick off at knots. I like a boss, like a boss. Stack knots, like a boss. Cop drop, like a boss. On top, like a boss. Pay the cows, like a boss. When I blows, like a boss. Big house, like a boss. Rip the nose, like a boss. Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? You see the motherfucking boss? Call me Sarge. I'm the head nigga in charge. You see be on the no. Walked in the garage, I'm the coach I wrote them plays for my team I'm the mastermind behind these teams with green I call all the shots, provide all the knots Supply all the rocks and sponsor all the spots I stay on the top floor, got the executive suite Sit in the corner chair with me and my niggas meet Both the presidential only got a driver that drives I don't open doors no more, he do it from outside At the club, they block out VIP for me And send cases of Chris style to my section for free I got a Three and a half carat diamond on my pinky ring I'm respected in these streets, they treat me like the king I get accepted like family, your house is my house I guess that's why they call me Slim Thug the Boss Call shots like a boss, stack knots like a boss Cop drive like a boss, on top like a boss
house, pay the cows like a boss. When I blouse like a boss, big house like a boss. Ripping out like a boss. Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? You see the motherfucking boss. Cow shot like a boss. Stack knots like a boss. Cop drive like a boss. On top like a boss. Pay the cows like a boss. When I blouse like a boss. Big house like a boss. Ripping out like a boss. Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? Who the motherfucking boss? Who the boss, nigga? You see the motherfucking boss? Fuck that, y'all niggas, y'all talking shit.